over the last few weeks we've been engaged in this series that we have called Fear Not. And we've been looking at the idea that in the midst of the birth of Jesus, God reminds us that we don't need to fear and that we don't need to be afraid, that we can, we can live our lives even in the midst of difficult circumstances and not have to deal with the kind of fear that paralyzes. So I have a question for us as we start tonight. What is it that makes you more peaceful? I think we have a slide that kind of looks like that. Is it fear not? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus can be a bit creepy at times, but we won't get into that. Or is it fear not? A Savior is born. He is Christ the Lord. And He will save His people from their sins. See, if I'm honest about this season of the year, I told my kids this year because I wouldn't tell them what I wanted for Christmas. And they kept on getting after me and said, look, we've got to know what you want. And I said, okay, this is what I want for Christmas. I want you to pick your favorite thing to do, and I want you to let me go do it with you. Because I began to figure out it's not presents, things that I need. It's presence, connection with the Lord, knowing that God really has come near. It is that scripture that we heard in Matthew chapter 1, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. At Christmas time, we have a lot of different things that kind of we love and enjoy, and then we have a lot of those things that kind of tick us off. Listen, I stay away from the malls, if at all possible. Do I get an amen on that? Amen. You got to go sometimes and just sort of do it. But you know, my problem really isn't commercialism. My problem is the Hallmark Channel. At this time of year, the Hallmark Channel has every sappy holiday movie you can begin to imagine. And there are people that keep the Hallmark Channel on all the stinking time. And the plots are all the same. Somebody falls in love with the wrong person, is in love with the wrong person, but somehow by the end of the thing, everybody gets it all kind of sorted out. I saw this one that was on where a woman kidnaps a man and takes him home for Christmas because her mother won't understand if she doesn't have a boyfriend at Christmas time. I think they called it felony for Christmas. I'm not sure. But isn't it interesting how we kind of gravitate to things like this at this time of year? See, I think the problem with the Hallmark Channel is there's no sense of reality. And I think the reason that we love it is because at this time of year, our world is in such upheaval. We have more racial tension today than we've had since the 1960s. We have more economic upheaval. Our political system has been this absolute wreck, and we are looking for something, anything, that will help us gain a sense of peace. 
See, I think the reason we're, we look at the Hallmark Channel is our life is a lot more like Die Hard the movie than it is the movies on the Hallmark Channel. Do you remember Die Hard the movie with Bruce Willis? All the guys are going, oh yeah, my kind of movie that was there. Die Hard was a Christmas movie. Listen, if you know, it was set at a Christmas party with Bruce walking along gas. I, fa- I, I found this deal. There are two types of people in the world. Those that think Die Hard is the best Christmas movie ever and those that are wrong. <laughs> that really is the truth. And our reality a lot of times in life feels like it's more like, the, like Die Hard. And yet we shouldn't be surprised at that. Jesus said it was going to come. Luke 21, he said, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Jesus himself said, look, I've let you know all this stuff is going to happen. And he says in John chapter 16, I've let you know these things so that you may have peace. And he looks at his disciples and he says to them, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer, be of great confidence, for I have overcome the world. It's Jesus that says hard times will come among us, but take heart, I have it under control. And I think that's the backdrop of the Christmas story. You have barren women in their 80s conceiving children. You have virgins having babies. You have priests unable to speak for six months. And you have angels. Angels show up. The angel Gabriel shows up, tells Zachariah and Elizabeth, as octogenarians, you are going to have children. Zachariah finds out that he's going to get to buy diapers with his social security check. Now that's a kicker, right? You've got virgins who are being told they're going to have babies. You have Joseph who has to have this encounter with an angel so that he doesn't turn his back on Mary, and then you have shepherds. Do you remember this part of the Christmas story? John Mark read it a moment ago. Luke 2, and there were shepherds living in the, sea, in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. See, you have to understand that angels were the lowest class of their culture. They couldn't go into the temple because they were perpetually unclean. They didn't have the ability to go in. And you have this group of people that is at nighttime, and and these angels are appearing, and I'm sure the shepherds are sitting there saying, don't you need to go to Jerusalem? Why in the world are you appearing to us? And what is the message that God sent his most profound messengers to earth to say to the lowliest of the low? He says in chapter 2, verse 10, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I will bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And I have to tell you, for the shepherds, there were a lot to be afraid of that night. 
That was the shepherd's job. It was to fear. They were afraid of those things that could hurt their sheep. They were keeping watch over their sheep at night. If you've ever worked the night shift, you know how spooky that can be. Or if you've ever been out camping in some very desolate, very lonely spot, and you know how it is when you hear any kind of noise or you see any kind of movement or light that you don't understand. The shepherd's job was to be afraid. And this is a group of people who understand what it means to live in fear. Their world is a lot like our world. Lots of tension, lots of upheaval. They live under Roman occupation. They understand fear very, very well. I understand why they were afraid, and you do too. It's kind of like the little boy who was going to be in the Christmas play that his church was doing. He was playing one of the angels, and he had one line as an angel. His line was, it is I, do not be afraid. It came time for the production, and the little boy does what children do. He kind of looked out and he saw that the auditorium was absolutely packed. And he got stage fright. And it came time to say his line, It is I, do not be afraid. And instead he said, It's me and I'm scared to death. Can you relay? I mean, it's kind of, that's kind of the world that we live in. But it's God at this time of year who wants to remind all of us, fear not. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. See, the reality of a die-hard life is that it needs a Savior much more than it needs a Santa. I need a Savior with power. I need a Savior who can do the things in my life that I can't do. And yet at this time of year, we have this juxtaposition. Christ, God Himself, coming near in the form of a child. But that child will grow up, and there are times that you will see him as Lord. Do you remember that story in Mark chapter 4? Jesus is with his disciples. In fact, his disciples that are fishermen, they go out on the Sea of Galilee, and they're, they're going to fish and do and get to the other side. And Jesus goes into the stern of the ship, and he goes to sleep. And a storm comes up. And that storm starts blowing like crazy. And these experienced fishermen get scared to death. And here is Jesus fast asleep all the way through this particular moment. And I want you to hear the disciples panic. They say they woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we drown? I don't know, maybe that's your question this Christmas Eve. God, don't you care about my life?
In the Christmas story, you have Zechariah who's afraid that they won't have a child. Mary is afraid of the virgin birth and how that's going to work. Joseph is afraid of marrying Mary and what that's going to mean for his family. The shepherds are afraid of everything and they ask those questions. God, don't you care about us? Maybe you have some of those questions to answer tonight. God, don't you care? I've got all these kids to raise and I don't know how I'm going to do it. God, don't you care? My job is difficult or maybe I'm not going to have a job and I know that's coming and I'm trying to figure out how to work my life at that moment. God, don't you care? Every time I walk into my mother's room, I have to reintroduce myself to her because the Alzheimer's is just that bad. God, don't you care? And the disciples are mad because they don't think that God cares. They don't think that Jesus is involved because he's asleep. And they wake him up and I want you to see what he does. Mark 4 verse 39 says, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm and the storm stopped immediately. Listen, here's the thing that happens at Christmas time for all of us. In a lot of our lives, we have these storms that are going on. And at Christmas time, we will sit there and put those storms on hold because after all, it's Christmas and everything's supposed to be good at Christmas time, right? But the fact of the matter is, the storm is still going. Here's the good news about storms. They always come to an end. They always come to an end. Here's the miracle about that storm. In the middle of their panic, in the middle of their greatest fear, when he says, peace be still, it comes to this end. And he looks at them and says, why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? He has the same circumstances they do. He's in the same boat, the same storm, going through the same thing. And the disciples move their fear from the storm to him. And they say, who is this man? Who is this man that can do these things? Who's this man that brings a pillow to a boat instead of a life jacket? Who is this man that the winds and the waves obey? And does he care about me? It's the reason the angels say, do not be afraid. For I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah. He's the Lord. And suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Do you catch what happens in these stories? Jesus tells the storm, peace. 
When Isaiah predicts the birth of the Messiah in Isaiah 9 verse 6, he says, and you're going to call him Emmanuel, and he is the prince of peace. And the angels tell everyone in this Christmas story, from Zechariah and Elizabeth to Mary to the shepherds, fear not. It's time that you consider and look at peace. See, our circumstances don't necessarily change. This child is going to be born to very poor parents. His life is not going to be easy, and he's still going to die on a Roman cross. His hands are going to be pierced. His feet are going to be pierced. His side is going to be pierced by a sword. All of these things are going to happen. But you have to decide, and I have to decide, in the middle of our storms, are we willing to let go and have peace? For fear is the security blanket that we hold on to. What are you holding on to this Christmas Eve? What is the thing that in the midst of your life, whether good, bad, or indifferent, What is the thing you hold on to? See, I think we have to come to the conclusion the only way that we have peace is to let go and let God do what God does. The writer of Hebrews says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. Faith only comes when I'm willing to let go of everything and give it over to God because peace is the opposite of fear. I can't be in the middle of my fear and have peace. Fifty years ago, Charles Schultz created the Peanuts comic strip. He was a devout believer. There are two characters that I love, that I love the most. You, you know Linus and Charlie Brown. Now, Linus is kind of interesting. He seems to be the most insecure of all the Peanuts characters. And yet, I think he's intellectually superior to the rest of them. But you never see Linus without his blanket and typically when he's not talking, his thumb right in his mouth. That just is sort of what you see when you look at Linus. This week, a Charlie Brown Christmas appeared again on television. I watched it. I'm 56. I'm not going to tell you how many times I've seen that. Let's just say it's been a bunch in those 56 years. And I saw something this year that I had never seen before. There's a moment when Linus tells the Christmas story when he drops his blanket. See if you catch it. I want you to see this Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, 
which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Did you catch it? He drops his blanket when he says, fear not. See, the birth of Jesus separates us from our fears. And the only way that we can hold on to the blessing that Jesus wants to bring us is to turn loose of those security blankets we hold on to and to grab him and never, never turn him loose. My dad was in broadcasting for about 30 years, worked for a radio station in Nashville, Tennessee that was affiliated with the ABC radio network. He worked every Christmas Eve and worked every Christmas day. In fact, on Christmas Eve, he was the one that signed off the radio station for it was a kinder, gentler time in the 1960s and the 1970s. You didn't have cable TV that kept things going the entire time or radio networks that stayed on 24 hours a day. They actually took a break and ended programming at times. And I remember as a child sitting up and listening to the last thing that he played before he signed the radio station off on Christmas Eve night. Brandon talked about it during the communion meditation. It was Paul Harvey's rest of the story, and it was Paul Harvey's Christmas story. A story that reminds everybody that Christmas is about God coming near. That in the birth of this child, God decided to come and dwell among men. Brandon did a really good job with it. But I don't think anyone can do justice like Paul Harvey can do. I'd like you to see this. The man I'm talking about was not a Scrooge now. He was a kind, a decent, a mostly good man, generous to his family and upright in his dealings with other men. But he just did not believe in all of that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just did not make sense. And he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He could not swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. He told his wife, I'm truly sorry to distress you, but I'm just not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay home, but that he would wait up for them. So he stayed and they went to the midnight service. Now shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier. Then he went back to his fireside chair, began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, and then another, then yet another. At first, he thought somebody must be throwing snowballs against the living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled out there miserably in the snow, 
They had been caught in the storm in a desperate search for shelter. They had tried to fly through his large landscape window. That was what had been making the sound. Well, he couldn't let those poor creatures just lie there and freeze. So he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter. All he would have to do is direct the birds into that shelter. Quickly, he put on a coat and galoshes, and he tramped through the deepening snow to the barn, and he opened the doors wide. And inside the barn, he turned on a light so the birds would know the way in. But the birds did not come in. So he figured that food would entice them. He went back into the house and fetched some breadcrumbs and sprinkled those on the snow, making a trail of breadcrumbs to the yellow-lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs. The birds just continued to flop around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He could not. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms, but instead they scattered in every direction, every direction except into the warm, lighted barn. And that's when he realized that they were afraid of him. They were afraid of him. To him, he reasoned, I'm a strange, terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Any move he made tended to frighten them and confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. And he thought to himself, if only I could be a bird now, if I could be a bird and mingle with them and speak their language and tell them not to be afraid, then I could show them the way to the safe warm barn but I would have to be one of them wouldn't I so they could see and hear and understand at that moment the church bells began to ring the sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind and he stood there listening to the bells Adeste Fidelis listening to the bells pealing the glad tidings of Christmas and he sank to his knees in the snow Paul Harvey, I hope for you and those you love, this will be a wonderfully Merry Christmas. <laughs>